Hello, hello. You're listening to Power Banking, the podcast for women who work in male-dominated industries, which is just about every industry. I'm your host, Jacqueline Swilly, founder and president of ZeroGap.co. And for those of you who don't know, I am a latte lover. Let's dig into today's episode. Hi, Power Banking family. So let's talk about what to do when you feel stuck and you're looking for ways to gain momentum and get back on track. This is something that a number of the listeners of the podcast have written in to me and shared that they go through periods of their career where they're absolutely killing it, knocking off goals, hitting milestones, and then for some reason or another, they get into a routine and then they feel stuck. With that, they're not really sure how to move forward. So I'm going to share with you all eight tips that I have personally used for about 13 years now. And let me give you the backstory. When I was 24 years old, I graduated with an MBA with the concentration in leadership. And I know I'm really young and people were saying, well, what do you know? How can you get an MBA at such a young age? But in all honesty, I have worked, I had worked at that point for about five years in various industries. So I started working when I was in high school and I worked in restaurants. And then when I was in college, I worked on campus as well as I worked at Victoria's Secret And I worked at my mother's hair salon on the weekends and I was selling Mary Kay. So I was in school full time and I had four part time jobs. So fast forward to me earning the MBA during that period of my life, I went to working one job, but as a manager at Victoria's Secret while going to school full time. And then later towards the end of my MBA program, I transitioned from being a manager in retail to being in sales for Gannett, which is the parent company of USA Today. So that being said, I went through a period of my life where I was checking off all of my goals, both personally and professionally, and also gaining the education that I aspired to. And then moving right along, I graduated from graduate school in 2009. So I know it's a few years back at this point, but During 2009, we were in the middle of the Great Recession. So for me to come out of graduate school and go to work for an international company, it was a very amazing thing. And still, I continued with that momentum of just doing really awesome things, uh, being a part of the management council uh, rotational program at AT AT&T, working in advertising and publishing on internal marketing and doing some outbound marketing to clients as well. It was such a great experience. Well, fast forward on the surface of all of this, it looks like I've always had this momentum, this drive to keep going. But to be honest, that's not always the case. And so I'm going to share with you how I have personally found myself getting stuck in a rut, but not the stuck in the rut part. We're not focusing on that. We're focusing on how you get out of the rut because I'm sure you all can relate to what it's like to feel stuck and feel like you're in the middle of a weird situation. All right, so 
There are eight steps here that I'm going to share with you all, and I will post the notes of this into our show notes for today so that you can grab those, all right? Number one, you got to know your goals. Two, prioritize wisely. Three, know when to say no. Four, plan ahead. Five, eliminate distractions. Six, delegate as much as you can. Seven, watch how you spend your time. And eight, take care of yourself. All right, so let me break these down for you. If you don't run your day, your day will run you. That's a quote by Jim Rohn, one of my favorite quotes. When you get to the point of knowing your goals, you have set the direction for the course of your day or your week, month, quarter. You get the point. So what is really helpful is understanding what your intentions are and your goals and reviewing those on a daily basis. Yeah, daily. This isn't a waste of time, y'all. It's actually one of the greatest tools that will help you to get unstuck and start gaining momentum because it gives you something to move towards. You're working towards a goal. Now, what I personally do is I plan my workday the day before. With the work that I do, I absolutely love running Zero Gap. I love the team of people that I work with. I love our clients. I can easily work seven days a week, and I have to be very intentional about pulling back and planning times so that I can recharge. But on a typical day, I'll give you an example. On Sundays, I'm looking at my schedule for Monday. On Friday, I'm printing out my schedule for the week ahead, and I already have the next week's schedule already mapped out. Because I have that long-term plan, even though a week isn't long-term, I'm still not operating from day to day, responding to emails, and just being in a full response mode. I'm actually being proactive and setting the direction. Now, Some of you might be saying, okay, Jacqueline, that's cool, but you're a CEO. But listen, when I was in the traditional workforce, I did the same thing. I did the exact same thing that I do now. I planned my day the day before. So try it for about two weeks consistently, y'all, and let me know how that works for you. Knowing your goals, but planning your day. So with that, number two prioritize wisely. There's a really good book. It's called First Things First. And the author of that book is Stephen Covey. Stephen Covey gives this list of ways that you can prioritize your day. Now, the one that has stuck with me the most is important and urgent. So when I'm looking through my daily to-do list, I identify the top three things that are both important and urgent. I also am fully aware of what isn't urgent and what is not important. Because I'm looking at those two things, and there are other elements of how you prioritize your day, but those are just the two that really stick out to me. Important and urgent is one. Not important, not urgent is another one. Okay, that's just two of the scale from First Things First, the book by Stephen Covey. When I am looking at what I need to get done for the day, if it's not important and if it's not urgent, I give myself the grace to cross that off my list, to say I'm not going to do it, or to push it off to another time. 
And really giving yourself that permission, especially as women, to give yourself that permission to say, nah, not today. I'm not doing this. Actually, this will be better executed by someone else. When you give yourself that permission to push those things away, it really allows you to stay focused on the things that energize you. We're talking about getting unstuck and gaining momentum, right? So really use that prioritization tool as ruthlessly as possible. Now, this isn't about being mean or anything like that. It's about having a laser type of focus when you're looking at how you're going to prioritize the activities that you engage in. Which brings us to number three, know when to say no. And that can be a hard thing because society teaches us that as women leaders, we have to be nurturing and caretaking. And if those skills come natural to you to be nurturing and to be a caretaker, great. There's nothing wrong with that. But with that comes this expectation that women will beat themselves down. And let me share something with you all. You cannot pour from an empty cup at all. It just doesn't happen. If you're drained, if you're worn out, you cannot execute fully. There's a lot of research out there that says that if your brain is not functioning, if you're not getting the proper sleep, that you are not operating at your best. And you all are leaders. So if you're going to continue to thrive and be great leaders, lead your organizations and lead your teams to achieve big goals, then you have to really get clear on when it's time to say no, and using that prioritization tool can help you to get to that point where you feel comfortable letting things go and saying no. Number four, plan ahead. So I shared with you how I plan things the night before and I plan the week in advance. I also plan my months I plan a month in advance. Of course, things come up. Those get added to the calendar and I plan each quarter. And so with that, I am really focused on everything that I need to be working towards. When I'm looking at my quarterly goals, I'm breaking down my monthly goals, my weekly goals and saying, what am I doing each day that's moving me closer to achieve these goals? So in a few episodes ago, maybe three months ago in one of our previous episodes, I shared with you all a tool that I use with my clients to help us evaluate productivity. It's the AHA method. A-H-A. Attitudes, habits, and actions. So when I'm looking at planning ahead, I'm thinking about what is my attitude, my habit, and my actions towards this activity. And if I need to make any adjustments, I make those adjustments. Now, I use the AHA method once a month when I'm looking at my monthly goals to make sure that I have the right attitude, the right habits, and I'm taking the proper actions to push me to achieving those goals. Number five, eliminate distractions. So when you have the type of focus that you're doing where you know your goals, which is number one on the list, you're prioritizing wisely. Number two, you know when to say no, which is number three on our list. Number four, you're planning ahead. It gives you a different level of clarity to eliminate distractions. So start paying attention to the number of times someone interrupts you in the midst of an important task. Maybe that's someone calling you, coming over to your desk, inviting you to a meeting that maybe you don't need to be at. 
just take an audit of those types of interruptions and then create a plan. Now, don't do this cold turkey because what can happen is if you make a, a huge shift to eliminating distractions and it involves other people in your workplace, sometimes the perception of that can come off a little bit weird. And what we know for sure is that women leaders navigate a double bind. We're damned if we do in some areas, damned if you don't. So you have to be very intentional about how you eliminate distractions that involve other people that you work with. So the first step in that is take an audit of the distractions. And then number two, create a plan so that you can start eliminating those distractions to increase your productivity, to get unstuck and pick up that momentum. With that, number seven, delegate when necessary. You all are leaders. You've hired great talent. You have really cool team members that work for you. I know this because I'm talking to the listeners of this podcast and I'm just blown away at some of the amazing things that you all are doing. So you have great people working for you. Do not second guess them. Give them the opportunity to spread their wings, to soar, to grow, to learn and make mistakes. Because if you're always there catching your team members, babying them, and and I'm saying baby in a way that means like, you know how you coddle a baby to protect them from anything? If you're doing that with your team members, you're not really allowing them to do the job that you hired them to do because you don't want them to make a mistake. You gotta let them make some mistakes along the way, of course, within parameters, but you got to let them make some mistakes so that they can learn and grow from those things. I have a lot of nieces and nephews and my youngest niece is two years old. And I recall when she was learning to walk, she fell down so many times. In that instance, everyone expected her to keep falling because that was the stage that she was at. No one was upset. No one was mad. And to be honest, it was quite humorous because everyone around knew at some point she was going to figure out how to use those legs. She was going to figure out how to stop wobbling and she was going to take off and she would be running in no time. And so when you're thinking about delegating and you're holding on to assignments, you're hoarding the work, you're putting more anxiety and stress on yourself. Think about when kids are learning to walk. They are not put out in the middle of the street to learn to walk. They're normally in a safe environment. So think about that, the same analogy for your teams and begin to delegate. Number seven, Watch what you spend your time on. So we talked about eliminating distractions, but you also want to be very mindful of the time you spend on other tasks. Now, I know a lot of people use this phrase, time is money, but I challenge you. There's a quote that I heard somewhere and it says, time is more valuable than money. Because you can make more money, but you cannot make more time. So the things that you're dedicating your time to each day, you really want to be aware of what that is so that you can move forward. Now, particularly on this topic of being stuck and not having momentum, a lot of time that people spend when they're stuck is in their own mind replaying tapes of, oh, this went wrong, or this happened, or people are going to say this, or I'm stressed about this, or I'm overwhelmed by this. So you have to figure out a way that's going to work for you to interrupt that tape where you're having that anxiety and those emotions. And so 
if you're spending time stressed and like replaying those same tapes over and over, be aware of that so that you can interrupt that flow and get back to an area that helps you get back into your zone of genius. Now, Zone of genius isn't a term that I have used on the podcast before, so let me tell you where that came from. There is a book that I recently read by Gay Hendricks. It's titled The Big Leap, and in that big leap that Gay talks about your zone of genius is that area of your life where you're operating on all cylinders, which is what we're talking about when we're saying getting unstuck and having that momentum to move forward. Now, number eight. And hear me clearly on this one. Take care of yourself. Be sure to get plenty of sleep and exercise because an alert mind is a high-functioning mind. And there's no other way that you can engage in being stuck. Well, there are other ways. But one of the highest ways to feel stuck and feel like you're out of sorts as if you're not getting proper rest. I read a study that said there was a productivity test, a focus test, and people were measured when they were sleep deprived, when they were stoned, and when they were drunk. And the people who were sleep deprived operated at a lesser level than those who were stoned. And when you think about that, Uh, Being drunk and being high, those are considered being impaired. So when you are sleep deprived, you are just as out of it as those other scenarios. So you really got to be intentional, get the proper care that you need for yourself to take care of yourself so that you are resting properly so that you can get unstuck really and gain that momentum that you need. So let me recap the eight things. Know your goals, number one. Two, prioritize wisely. Know when to say no is number three. Four, plan ahead. Five, eliminate distractions. Delegate as much as possible, number six. Watch how you spend your time, number seven. And take care of yourself is number eight. So these are the eight ways that I've used, like I said, over a decade now to help me in moments where I have felt stuck so that I can pick up momentum so that I can keep moving forward. Figure out out of these eight tips, maybe three works for you or maybe one works for you, or maybe there's something else that works for you. The key here is to uncover what it is that really will help you when you're feeling stuck and when you feel like you don't have momentum, figure out what it will take for you to get back into that zone where you're operating at your highest level. So until next time, y'all, continue to emulate excellence and eliminate excuses. I mentioned Jim Rohn earlier in this episode and one of my favorite quotes by him, but there's another quote that I often reference and it says, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And that is a constant reminder for me to surround myself with people who encourage me to be my best, to eliminate excuses, and to emulate excellence. So with that, I thought it would be cool to share with you a couple of other Jim Rohn quotes that I think are pretty awesome. Discipline is the bridge between goals and accomplishment. Never wish life were easier. Wish that you were better. Either you run the day or 
the day runs you. If you do not like how things are, change it. You are not a tree. Take care of your body. It's the only place you have to live. Motivation is what gets you started. Habit is what keeps you going. If you are not willing to risk the unusual, you will have to settle for the ordinary. So Jim Rohn, for those of you who are not familiar with him, he is best known as being an American entrepreneur, an author, and a motivational speaker. And I first came across him through a YouTube video where someone featured some of his previous motivational talks. And from that, I began to just look into him to see who he was. And I found that a lot of the principles that he taught resonated with me. And as you can see, I just shared with you some of the quotes that I have connected with over the years. So again, just a shout out to Jim Rohn for the inspiration that I've gained from some of the work that he has published.